This is DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. What's up, podcast? Today I have Michael DePaulo on. What's up, bro? I haven't seen you in like, shit, probably like 12 years. How you been? I'm doing good, man. It's been like, yeah, I think it's been uh, like 13 years. Yes, yeah, yeah. I knew it had been a while. So um, me and you went to high school together briefly for, I think, the, the right, uh, probably junior or senior year of my year. I'm, I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly if we were grade together, ahead, behind. I don't know. But um, I want to get you on the show, one, to catch up with you, but two, to kind of get your, your story of what's been going on because you're in the Army now. Um, you've been active for a while now, um, been a drill sergeant, um, doing all the fun stuff. So tell me kind of how you get into that. Um, for a lot of listeners or people who may be watching, like what was your choice from going to high school straight into the military, staying in that role, and then, and then staying in there and doing the, the whole drill sergeant thing and all that? Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> as you know, I was a fucking shithead in high school. Yeah. Uh, so hey, I was too, though. So I mean. yeah, uh, yeah, we we yeah, yeah. We, we had some uh, we had some good time. Yeah, we did. Uh, uh, but yeah, man. So I graduated high school. You know, I was limping. I limped across the finish line in high school at the end because I was just a turd, running around doing crazy stuff. And then uh, so I graduated high school. You know, I never really focused on my grades or anything like that. So my so my stepdad came to me one day. Was like, "Hey, man, so uh, what's the plan for your life now?" And I wasn't going to go to college. Shit, I don't know. I guess I'll join the army. So, uh, shit. Six days after we graduated high school, I was on a bus and I was going to basic training. And then uh, after basic training, I ended up in Alaska of all places. That's different. And, uh, yeah. Oh man, you want to talk about an adjustment? Plus, yeah, I'm a mama's boy, so like being that far away from mama <laughs> was not easy. And then being like in Alaska, like being a foreign country, man. So all alone, you know, out on the own, my own for the first time, it was definitely an adjustment. Uh, you know, I was in Alaska for three years. While I was there, I went to Iraq during the troop surge. Uh, I was there for 15 months, saw a lot of crazy shit there. Yes. Uh, came home and then ended up moving to Louisiana down at Fort Polk. And I was there for a couple of years and I'd gotten married and had a kid. Um, and then spent some time there. And then I moved to, Tennessee. I was there for four years. I deployed three times out of there. Uh, yeah, and I had a you know a wife and a little baby. Yeah. And then once I came home from Africa after the Ebola breakout, so I went to Afghanistan twice while I was at Fort Campbell, and then Africa for the Ebola breakout. And then when I came home, the Army's like, "All right, you're gonna go be a drill sergeant now." Um, you know, because I made they my way. Make up. that choice. They just said, "Hey, that's hell no." Nobody <laughs> makes that choice. Nobody wants to do that job. I mean, okay. when you first join the Army. And you go through basic training, and everybody's like, I want to be a drill sergeant one day. Right. I want to, like, that's the guy. Because that's when you think about the Army and you think about, or the Marine Corps, any of that, but you think about that, that hat, yeah. you know, and getting to scream and yell at people all day, this, that, and the other. And, and uh, so I've always wanted to do it. But as you come up in the Army, you understand, like, how hard of an assignment that is. Like, you have no life. You're there. You don't get days off. You're there 20-plus hours a day. You're, I mean, you're dead on your feet and you're doing this for, you know, two weeks at a time. Then you might get like a two days off and then you're right back at it again. Yeah. And it's like that for three years. It's almost worse than a deployment. Matter of fact, it is worse than a deployment. Really? Um, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know this is not like a, I'm not trying to like now talk to the army or nothing like that, but divorce rates in the army are really high. Yeah. And they're even more, they're higher for drill sergeants. So. If you if you you know if you join the army and you become a drill sergeant you have like a ninety percent chance to lose your marriage and, it's, and it got me I was a drill sergeant <laughs> for a year and then uh, you know uh, me and my wife we just called it quits like, yeah. I mean it was just, it was and plus she had, I mean she had been through a lot she had been through four deployments you know I missed out on a lot of my kids life all that stuff uh, the army's I mean it's a it's a rough life especially at a time of war you know and then getting all these crazy assignments that I was getting. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, being a drill sergeant was, uh, that's, it's amazing. Like, I, it, it has its rough spots. You know, you don't have a life. You don't have a personal life. Yeah. Um, but uh, but training soldiers and, and having an impact on young kids' lives as they choose that as a career path um, is uh, is something special. And, like, another thing, two people don't understand, like, like the Army's just not a, a, a place for wayward boys. You know what I mean? Like, there's right. people that have their, their shit together that want to join the army for other purposes. Cause I mean, like, right. you know, you can get college paid for, there's health benefits. There's, it's a good job. And I mean, the pay is shit at first, but I'm doing all right now. Yeah. So, 
Well, I mean, so well, how old's your kid now? You have one boy, right? Yeah, I got a, I got a son. He's eight. His name's okay. Bo. Yeah. Oh man, they, they grow up quick. That's Hell yeah. Man, so, he is a spitting image. Of me. <laughs> I'm talking. That boy is just like me. He was like, if like you knew me in high school growing up, right? Yeah. That boy is just like how I was. Well, let's talk about that because I I can say this. Um, I never saw you doing what you're doing now, or you ever going into the army, or being that fighter, or being that um that badass. Because in high school. You weren't, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I was little. Yeah, you, I was little. And you weren't, you weren't about that because you know we were rough and crazy. And we did, you did a lot of shit with us. We did a lot of crazy stuff, but you weren't about the fighting. You were about the hanging out and talking to the chicks, and you didn't want to do all that. Yeah, um, I about, but, yeah, I'm not about all the fighting stuff. So what, what, um, what changed your perspective there? Did it change after you went into the army? Did you not really think you were going to go in because of that, or do you think it molded you a little bit and kind of made you more of a man? I mean, what, what do you think? Oh, I mean, it definitely made me who I am. Like, I mean, it's been my whole life. I've, you know, I hit 13 years last month. So, like, well, well, yeah, right? I get to, so I can tell you personally, thank you, by the way, bro. Yeah, I get to retire in six years. I get to drop my retirement packet in six years, and that last year in the Army, you're kind of just floating. But yeah, uh, And then it'll be time to find a new, a new job or career. I have no idea what I want to be when I grow up, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but because uh, this is all I've known. Uh, so when you join the Army, you know, you, you, you kind of get brainwashed. They call it – they call it uh, – institutionalizing you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you turn into, you turn into, like, this barrel-chested freedom fighter, like, you know? Yeah. Um, especially at that point in time. Like, we were, at, we were, you know, we were at war. It was the height of the Iraq war. I mean, we had over 400,000 troops in Iraq at the time. Like, so that's, that was what it was about. It was, you had to grow up quick, especially, right. I was 19 years old and I was in Iraq for 15 months. Yeah. You know, so I like, so you got to grow up quick. And uh, I would say I'm still not that, ra- I'm rowdy, but I'm not, like, I'm not going to bars and beat people up. Yeah. But as you know, man, like when I, well, shit, when I joined the army, I was five, six, 125 pounds. Yeah. Like I was a little kid. Like y'all used to stuff me in trash cans and shit. <laughs> you know? Uh, that wasn't me. I didn't do that, bro. No, you didn't. No. I'll probably uh, take it up for you. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, yeah. <laughs> From what I remember. <laughs> it's, it's a little, hey, that's too many beers ago. Yeah. That's too many beers ago. But, uh, you know, and then, I mean, shit, I mean, I was, I mean, I had a growing spurt when I was like 20. Yeah. And then, yeah, I started getting into like lifting and bodybuilding, personal training and all that stuff. And then kind of turned into a, a grown man Yeah. in my mid twenties. But, uh, yeah, I was never really like a confrontational person. I, well, I'll say I used to run my mouth a lot, but it's cause I had, <laughs> but I had like big dudes behind, like behind me, like you backing me up. I used to yeah. run my mouth a lot. <laughs> Thankfully, I, I, I never got beat up too bad or nothing like that. But, yeah. but now, you know, now, I mean, I'm 31 now, so I don't, I'm 31 and I'm divorced. And like, so I'm just living life now. I'm yeah. not going out looking for fights or nothing like that. Right, that's right. Not, that's I am. But, I, but I am a fight. Yeah. And, and, and uh, my experiences in life have brought me to that point. So you're, right now, where are you stationed at? Right now, I'm at uh, Fort Stewart in Georgia. Okay, so you're in Georgia. How long have you been there? Uh, almost two years. Okay. How do you, how do you like Georgia versus being anywhere else? Or I guess where was, okay, let me ask you this. Where's the worst place you've ever been while you were serving? And I'm I'm sure I know the answer to this, but, and tell me why. And then where's the best place and tell me why. Okay. So I'll go based off duty station. I'm not going to say deployments because deployments, those are all shitty. Uh, We're going to talk about that next. So let's talk about duty right now. Let's talk about that next. Uh, worst duty station I've ever been was definitely Fort Polk, Louisiana. That place was an absolute shithole. But I was two hours from Mama's house, and you couldn't beat that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, my, my absolute favorite place was when I was at Fort Campbell, uh, which is on the Tennessee-Kentucky line. Nashville's 45 minutes away. Like, I didn't get, get to really experience it because I was married and, you know, stuff like that. But if I was there now, well, I'd burn it. I'd burn it down if I was there now. <laughs> uh, I don't mind Georgia so bad. I'm like where I'm at's kind of in the middle of nowhere. There's like no women here. Yeah. Uh, so like anytime like I want to like try to date or something like that, I got to like, I got to go far. Okay. There, ain't, there ain't nothing around here, but some, some mooses and some whales. <laughs> it's not, it's not a good time. Not a good time for a single man here. Savannah's right down the road too, though. Savannah's a good time. Savannah's okay. fine. Jacksonville's right down the road. Charleston's right up the road. So, um, I, yeah, I mean, the post is nice. I like my job. I like what I do here. But uh, just the area is it's, it's ghetto. 
Yeah. Well, hey, it is what it is. So what what about deployment? Um, and I and I don't know the rules about you talking about what the hell you did, what you can't do, you know, whatever. But I want to know, um, since we know we, we know each other, um, <clears throat> it's been a while, but we know each other. I want to know what's the craziest shit you've seen while you were deployed or maybe seen or been involved in. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know if I can talk about that stuff. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen some crazy shit, man. I've seen bodies okay. die. I've seen, I've seen people been blown up. I've been blown up. Like, yeah. uh, what happened? I was just driving yeah, roadside bombs, man. Like it happens. It's very common. Like, uh, you know, going on a, a convoy and then uh, just driving over a pressure plate, or you know, somebody have a spotter up on the hill and they call the cell phone that's hooked to the bomb and it just blow you up. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, I'm 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 not hurt. No, I don't have not a purple heart recipient, but I know I have several, several buddies that didn't make it out or got really messed up from stuff like that. Um, yeah. I would tell you the, Oh, I don't know if I can tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyways. Hell. <laughs> the craziest thing I was literally, I was, I had been in Iraq for a week, maybe a week. And, um, one of our surveillance helicopters caught some guys planting a roadside bomb. Okay. So we catch you, we catch you doing it. We're going to fuck you up, right? Yeah, America, yeah. fuck you. So they, uh, so uh, this particular hel- helicopter has 30, mil- uh, 30, mil- 30 millimeter machine guns on, which right. shoots a bullet like this fucking big, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's a fucking machine gun. And it lit these dudes up. However, you know, on a second pass, they realized the guys weren't dead. You can't do a second pass because we're America and we follow the right. Geneva Convention. Can't right. do a second pass. So we have to go out there and pick them up. Damn. And we went out there. Pick, this big. We had to go out there and pick these boys up. And that was something that was sticking me for the rest of my life. Yeah, I bet. And put them on, put them on stretchers and put them on a helicopter and bring them on and fix them. Yeah. Hey, it's better uh, than you blowing up shit. Yeah, but it was uh that was like my very first experience. I'll never forget that. Oh, okay. So you're just that okay. Was, yeah, that was just one. That was one of many. But that one right. was one that, like now, even still to this day, like I can't see sports injuries. You know, we talk about you talk about UFC a lot. I'm right. a huge UFC fan. Right. When Anderson Silva snapped his leg, ooh, I see. I can't see stuff like that. Yeah. Because of that experience, like right. that stuff used to never bother me, like or whatever. Right. But now, like sports injuries, mess me up. Well, I mean, and, and PTSD is a, a a huge a huge issue with uh, anybody who's you know been deployed yeah. or had any. I mean, do you feel confident you're not really affected that much by it? Do you know people that really <laughs> have issues with it? I mean, everyone's everyone's affected differently. Right. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I don't suffer from it. Right. Uh, but uh, I'm not like crazy or nothing. Like, I don't like, wake up in the right. night fighting right. or nothing right. like that. I just have certain things. Like, if I hear a loud boom, I hit the ground. Right. Uh, I like, mean, it's, if, you're fighting for your life the entire time you're there, of course. Yeah. yeah like, if it's like if someone's popping fireworks down the road, I know it's fireworks. It's right. Nice. Somebody shoots a gun, I know it's a gun. Like, right. um, like certain things like that. But I don't like, uh, I don't have like any nervous tics or, I'm going crazy or I'm not psycho, nothing like that. No, I, I feel like I'm pretty normal. Just uh, certain things like will trigger certain reactions out of me. I don't yeah. like crowds of people. I don't like crowds of people at I all. I mean, that, make, that, that makes sense. Which is weird because I'm always like downtown partying. But, right. <laughs> but so I got to be a little liquored up. But, yeah. but uh, at the same time, too, like like Bourbon Street, you know how like Bourbon Street gets now. It's just you can't yeah. move. Yeah, no, I can't do that. Oh. I, got to, I got to know. And I, yeah. like going to restaurants and stuff. I gotta see the door. Yep. I'm, and see, I feel like I feel like I, I cannot relate to the situation you've been in, but I feel like I've always been that way because the way we grew up, and we're always starting shit, going to so and so's house and finding yeah. out someone's party or whooping somebody's ass in the bar. And um, you have to always be aware. And in your situation, it's like instinctively life or death. Got to be aware. Well, yeah, and I'll tell you why. So this is another story from that same deployment in Iraq. Yeah. Uh, me and some buddies were in the uh, mess hall eating. Uh, and so when we were deployed, we hired like a lot of the third country nationals to come on like clean shitters and shit right. we're not going to do, right? Right. Because we're past, well, we used to burn shit like in barrels, 55 gallon drums with diesel yeah. and, and uh, a pack of matches, and you'd have to sit there and start and start Ooh. shit. Yeah. And uh, uh, so we started hiring people and started getting like porta johns and stuff like that out there where we were at. And uh, we'd hire the third country nationals, they'd be vetted to make sure they weren't like associated with terrorist organizations and stuff like right. that. Right bring them on and start working and then uh anyway so we're in the defect and we've been done eating this is another thing too like i ate fast as shit now and this yeah. is why uh, we were in there eating we've been done for about 30 minutes so we're just in there bullshitting and a suicide bomber walked in the defect and activated his vest and blew up half the damn defect 
Oh shit, dude. So now, like, I got to see the door. Well, you're sitting I, in there eating, so you lost well, half. Well, we weren't. We were done eating. We were just sitting there bullshit. Like we should have been gone out of there. Yeah, yeah. But like stuff like that, I don't want to like kill the movie. No, no, no. no. Hey, dude. Like, like people need to hear this shit because of, yeah, that's why I want to ask you. Some people may be like, I don't want to talk about that, dude. Look, people need to know what the fuck you you know what you go through because you know people are like. Anytime you hear anyone talk about these things, you're like, well, they can't talk about it or they don't want to talk about it. I'm like, well, shit, man, how do you raise awareness, you know, or you, how do yeah. you know what you're going through, you know what I mean? I really don't talk about it at all. I, I want to say this is probably the first time I've talked about it in several years. I mean, hell, I just got out of an eight-month relationship and never once did I talk about right. my experiences well, or nothing like that. I appreciate you. Yeah. I used to draw it out of me, DJ. I don't know what yeah, it is man. about you. It's that, it's that million-dollar smile. Well, um, so... To get off that and back on the drill sergeant thing, yeah. I want to ask you something. So when you're, you get into doing that, um, of course, at that point, you've already been deployed. So you, I guess that gives you a lot more energy to talk shit and, and prepare these boys to get ready for real life situations. Yeah. Um, do you have one? Do you have like a favorite story from that? Or I'm sure you have uh, quite I a few entertaining I things. I man, tell me something. We can literally sit here and talk for hours about this. Tell me a little bit, man. Tell me a little bit. Uh, because, you know, you get these kids that come straight from grandma's house that ain't done nothing for themselves their whole lives. I mean, I've had kids that, or you get, I mean, you get kids like that. You get kids straight off the street that just came from the trap house. Yeah. You get kids that are, that come from daddy's money that think they're better than everybody. You know, kids that come in with full ass degrees, you know, like, um, but yeah, being like having deployment experience and stuff like that, you can kind of set things in perspective for them. Like when, you know, you're trying to teach them something and they're fucking off, like, no, motherfucker, you need to pay attention. Yeah. This is real life shit right here. Um, I have got so many stories. I tell you the story. Oh, I don't know. I can't even pick one. I can't <laughs> even pick one. Well, tell me this. Um, who's, who's one of your favorite, um, or say like some, maybe a story from one of your favorite, um, you know, trainees coming in. Oh man, I had this train. All right, I had this guy. Yeah, see, I knew I'd get you with something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I remember this kid for the rest of my life. His name was Carl. That's his last name was Carl. Okay. And Carl was dumber than shit. I'm talking Forrest Gump dumb. Yeah. Like, and I was specifically asking him if I'm teaching a block of instruction. Carl is who I was calling on to like to like check to see if everyone's paying attention. Like Carl, what the fuck did I just say? Yeah. And he'd look up like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and I would just, I would just smoke the shit out of the whole, when I say smoke, like, you know, make him do PT, like make him do push-ups or jumping jacks until he fucking sweat their ass off. Yeah. It's called smoking him, which we're not allowed to say anymore in the army because it's like, that's like, it sounds like it's hazing and stuff like oh, that. Shit. But, uh, uh, but Carl, man, I remember Carl forever. And I used to fuck with him the entire cycle. And then when he graduated, so there's like, there's rules and stuff like, right. The drill sergeants, you can't, like, mess with the soldiers' families or anything like that. His sister showed up to graduation in a sundress. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Carl, come here. <laughs> what are you doing? What you got? Who's this? He's like, that's my sister, drill sergeant. I'm like, your sister, huh? Mm. <laughs> I'm like, all right, y'all better get the fuck away from me. <laughs> y'all better get on now. Uh, I'll tell you this other story. So every cycle... Uh, the kids have so what's the cycle them. for those who are listening or watching? Uh, yeah, the cycle is, is 10 weeks. 10 okay, weeks and that's for what they get, basic training as soon as they come in. Yeah. You're yeah. the first person they see. They get to see your pretty face. Oh, every day. As they walk in. I'm, I'm waking them up and I'm tucking them in every <laughs> night. Uh, and they get to hear this wonderful, beautiful voice of mine screaming and yelling. I mean, it sounds good now, but it was always raspy like when I was a drill sergeant. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so every every cycle they have to go through the gas chamber, and what the gas the purpose of the gas chamber is is to teach them how to to have confidence in their equipment. So you put this gas mask on, you're like, there's no way this thing keeps me from dying from gas. So we put them in this gas chamber. We cook up a bunch of tear gas that comes in these tablets, right? We put it on like a burner plate. We put them in this like airtight room, and uh, they're in there freaking out because you can feel it like starts burning your skin, yeah. and, like like you can feel it. Like, it's just, and they would, like, make them, like, run in place and do jumping jacks and show them, hey, you can take your mask off, put it back on, seal it properly, and you're fine. Nothing's right. wrong. And then, so, what we do is we would have, have a drill sergeant demonstrate. Once we get everybody in the room, we'll put them in, like, 60 at a time. Yeah. And drill sergeant, like, look, and take my mask off, put it back on, clear it and seal it. I'm fine. Yeah. All right. So, you know, the drill sergeant's like, all right, we're going to fuck with them. <laughs> so, I was like, all right. So, here, so, what I did was I took my mask off. 
I put it back on, tried to clear it and seal it, and then like pretended to pass out. And the other drill sergeants like grabbed me and like dragged me out of the chambers. All of them were trying to get out the fucking doors. It was pandemonium. <laughs> it was like one of these riot scenes you see on the news right now. Yeah. Like, I was just trying to get out of that room. Because when Drill Sergeant DePaulo goes down, like, because he used to call me Beast Mode. Yeah. With, like, like I was a robot. I was a fucking robot. If Drill Sergeant DePaulo went down, oh, hell no. We're all going to die. Like, <laughs> they were, they were hell out. It was funny. Well, so, <laughs> but I try to, like, I, that's what I try to do. Like, when, when I'm teaching people, and, and, and even still to this day, I try to keep things, like, try to make it funny, but make it professional at the same time. You're going to maintain your military bearing. That's another thing, too, because I'm funny as hell. Well, at least I think I am. <laughs> I would, like, always crack jokes and shit, and if they yeah. laughed, I would smoke the shit out of them for it. Because you're not, like, you're not right. supposed to chuckle. You're supposed to be stone cold. You're supposed to be a stone cold killer. And if I get you to break character or get you to, like, you know, whatever, then I'd mess you up for it. Yeah. But, well, so what do you think when you were going through basic training, um, I guess who's the most memorable drill sergeant you dealt with? And uh, cause I know you fucking remember him. And uh, and what's something you think you went through, just so people know, um, that you really used during battle and deployment? Okay. Uh, so I remember this drill. He's the only drill sergeant I had that I remember. His name was Drill Sergeant Garnett. He was this like six foot four, like young Dolph looking motherfucker. I don't know if you know who Young Dolph is, is a rapper, just tall yeah, black. Yeah. And uh, he was, I'm talking, his uniform's always pressed and clean, neat. He was a robot. And I was like, I want to be like this guy. And they used to always fuck with me because I was from Louisiana. No one could understand what I would say. What I would say. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you this. And when I, after I graduated basic training, that made me go to damn uh, public speaking classes to try oh, to get rid of my accent. To get really? it. Because my accent was so thick, nobody yeah. could understand what I it's bad. I've I, I realized mine's getting gotten better, uh, oh, yeah. being in, being the profession I'm in now. But uh, shit, it's bad. It's sick. Yeah, they, yeah. I take public speaking classes. Like I was in the classroom with like a bunch of kids, like straight from Puerto Rico. They had to learn how to like speak English before right. they could, like join the army. And I'm like, and I, because they my well, my one drill sergeant Garnett told me, hey man, you need to fix that accent, or people are gonna always assume you're stupid. Yeah. And uh, and I see that now because now when I hear kids like when I was a drill sergeant, the kids would come from like. Kentucky or whatever, and the first thing I said, they'd be like, "I'm from Kentucky. Or I'm from Alabama." I'm like, "You need to fix that accent." I was like, "How many?" Like, and I'd always ask them. I'm like, I'd always like make fun of them about being married to their sister or something like that. Yes, yeah. their cousin. Like, I'd always mess with those country kids, but no, like that's my background too. So I'd right, I mean, that's them. where you're from, so you can do that. Yeah. So I'd always mess with like the country bumpkins and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was a, uh, I mean, just anything that guy taught me, I still remember to this day, like it was yesterday. Uh, there was one time. We were standing in formation. We all had our weapons, right? Our M16s at the time, big right. ass bazookas. Yeah. And uh, it had a single point sling on it. On and uh, so we had just got done doing weapons maintenance. We were cleaning our weapons, putting them back together. And he was walking through formation. You know, drill sergeants walking by, the hat down. You can't see their eyes. Just analyzing everything about your uniform, your weapon, everything. And I had a twist in my sling. Oh shit! So he took my weapon. He took it completely apart, threw the bolt this way, the firing pin this way, and just threw it all over the place and, like, took his hand like this and buried it in my chest. It was like, now go fucking find every piece of it and put it back together and make sure your sling don't have a twist in it. I'm talking, it broke my heart because I thought I was, like, the golden child. Right. Like, and it just broke my heart. And ever since then, like, I, and I, I wasn't about not getting in trouble or not fucking up. It was about doing the right thing and not disappointing Joe Son. Like, I wanted to make him proud. Gotcha. Which is weird. Like this guy has tortured me for ten weeks. Yeah. But you developed develop, like Stockholm syndrome. You like that's the same. Like those kids leave and then they remember you forever. I still get messages on Facebook all the time. I run into kids here that I was their drill sergeant, like all the time. I'll see them at Walmart and they're yeah. like and they still call me drill sergeant. I'm like, drill sergeant? I'm like, nah, <laughs> man, don't call me that. Don't call me that's not me. But uh yeah, I don't know. But uh and then like things everything they teach you, uh well everything we teach you uh is valuable training it's very like the army puts a lot of effort into how we train and what we train how much time we spend on certain things um i'll say probably one thing i learned um that helped me in combat specifically was knowing that grenades don't blow up right away yeah <laughs> like yeah okay that's, that's something away. good to know <laughs> yeah knowing that grenades don't blow up right away yeah. they take a little time uh, I what's your uh, what's, what's your second window how many seconds you have whenever you unpin a grenade hits the ground it, well everyone's different they're okay. all different 
Okay. Uh, but it's no less than eight seconds. Okay. No less. No less than eight seconds. Okay, and, and depending on the blast radius, you may have time to get the fuck out of there for you to get your leg blown off. Yeah, so kill radius of a hand grenade, for our hand grenades, uh, I mean, because all the, like, at the time, like, all Al-Qaeda was, they all, everything they used was Russian. Um, so, like, our hand grenades, the kill radius, if you're, if you're within five meters of it, you're gone, bro. You're gone. Okay. If you're within 10 meters, you might be gone. You might just be really messed up. Okay. Anything within 20, 10 to 15 meters, uh, anything outside of that, you might be all right. Okay. Yeah. But so uh, you're yeah, five meters, if you're within five meters of it, five meters is a long way, brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're gone. Well, I mean, um, you know, that being said, I, I, I don't want to get on nothing dark and gloomy, but I mean, I feel like that <clears throat> taking that information and like telling people that, hey, you're going to go through this kind of shit, but you get to actually use it. We're not just torturing these kids. Yeah. You know? <laughs> because you see movies. Uh, okay. Who's your favorite drill sergeant from the movies? Because I know you probably see. I feel Full like Metal Jacket, man. Full Metal Jacket. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, he's the best one. Got to be. Oh man. He I mean, he portrayed it the best. Obviously, if we spoke like that, we would all be in prison. But yeah, it's definitely not nothing like that. Uh, you can't talk. You got to treat everybody with dignity and respect. And right. It's cussing's frowned upon. I still cuss like a sailor, and I, I say I use a lot of analogy. I, you know, you can get away with certain amount of stuff depending on you know how 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 much the kids admire you. Okay, I, say I call well, them kids, but I call them kids, but they come from anywhere from 17 to 42 years old. I mean, I really? had people that I was training that were older than me. Oh, shit. I, it, hell, I, at one point I had two guys that were joining. They come over from the Coast Guard. They were the same rank as me. Okay. And I'm in here, like, I'm in their face, like, yelling at them every day. Yeah. It was, well, but, uh, you had, I'm but yeah, sure like, you had, like, a, to, did you have a token phrase? Did you have your, like, token phrase? What, 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 oh, man, I had so many. <laughs> what are they? Give me some. Give me some. We used to put them on the T-shirts. Oh, man, I don't even know if I can repeat this on here. Uh, Come on. Uh, damn, I, was, I can't even think of them right now. Uh, I used to always, like, so every time we'd, like, go into defect, right, I would always, like, sneak up behind privacy and just scream hot chow as long as, loud as I fucking could in their ear. They loved it. Uh, I'd always, uh. I'd always tell the pilots, like, you know, about their uniforms, like, you got to take care of the way you dress. So you can't just throw on a uniform and look good. Like, you got to wear it the right way and right. wear it a certain way. So I always tell them, you got to look crisp, you got to look clean, you got to look sexy. <laughs> it was like, we put that on a T-shirt one time. You got to look crisp, you got to look clean, you got to look sexy. Gotcha. And then I would always tell the males, I'd always tell the males, I'm like, look, males, I'm going to tell you the secret to life. I didn't figure this out until I was like 26, 27. You got to get you a sleeve tattoo, a hard part haircut, <laughs> a hard part haircut, and a gym membership, and the, and the possibilities for your life are endless. <laughs> I tell, I tell all my privates that now. Like every time I run into one, a, a male, they have always got a damn sleeve tattoo. Yeah, so you're training females too. Yeah, you males and females. It's completely integrated, which okay. is, presents its own challenges. Because well, yeah, of course. So what do you? How do you? How do you? You know, maneuver through that because I mean I know and and you know I just know how the military is now. Everything's integrated now, and it's you know it's. Uh, you have to be, you know, you have to yeah. think about those things. You can't say anything sexist. You can't, I mean, of course not be racist yeah. at all, which, you know, you don't have to worry about that. We're all good. So, yeah, no. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, the females will live in their own bay and all the bays, like all the doors, like in the barracks and stuff, have alarms on. So, if the door's open when they're in the base and they're supposed to be asleep, we know about it. Like, okay. uh, so you don't have any issues there. Uh, but, you know, you do catch them passing notes to each other. Oh, I used to love that shit. I catch them passing notes to each other. I'd take that shit and read it in front of the whole company. So <laughs> the whole so a company of trainees is two hundred and six. Do you remember do you remember anything that was funny? Do you have one that's funny as hell? Um, I just remember one, I found it and I, I opened it up and I said <laughs> like really fucking loud and dramatic. Hey, do your drill sergeant voice. Can you do it? Oh man, I Come don't know. It's too loud. I can't do it. I can't do it like on command like that. But uh it was uh it was, so I opened the note and the first thing I read said, hey, big head. Like, that's what the girl was calling him, calling him, or he was calling her big head. And I got to reading the note and I couldn't make it through. I was laughing my ass off so much. <laughs> but it's like a big no-no. Fraternizing, like, you know, you're not there to hook up. You're not there to right. find your right. future wife. You're there to train. And then, you know, you, but you can't help. You put males and females. And shit, even females and females and males and males. Yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, shit, you walk in the male bay and see two dudes cuddling in the same bunk. Yeah, in the female bay and catch them scissoring each other. You know what I mean? Like, you, you're not going to stop it. Right, no especially in, the, in your, your late teens, you know, early 20s. And yeah. Oh, man, you're just full of piss and vinegar and testosterone. Yeah. And all you want to do is mate, you know? Yeah. And 
and you get these, you know, and you put them all together. I mean, they all look uglier than sin. Ain't a single one. The army does a good job of making you as unattractive as possible while you're right. a trainee. You gotta wear these ugly ass glasses and like these uniforms are all baggy and shit. Yeah. And don't look good on you. Um, but yeah, so that was that was fun. I'm gonna tell you a story. All right. Uh, so drill sergeant Apollo, brand new. I'm talking. We call. I was a cherry drill sergeant, brand new. We're doing so periodically. We do health and welfare inspections where we we'll go through the barracks and have the soldiers open their wall lockers where they stash all their stuff to see if we can find anything that they're not supposed to have because these little shit. These little shits are resourceful. I mean, shit. One time we found cocaine, like. Really? Like, yeah, like you'll find like the craziest shit. So we go in the female bay first. The first female I walk up to, I walk up to him, like, turn the fuck around, go to your fucking wall locker, open it the fuck up, and stand the fuck out of my way. As soon as she did that, she opened it up. She had her laundry bag on top, and she had like a pair of like underwear that was just period blood all over her, right? Oh, man. And she had like a little, uh, like a little plastic baggie full of used feminine products. I threw up. Every, I'm talking, these kids are nasty, man. I know that's not what anybody wants to hear right now, but fuck it. I don't care. This is me. Uh, like, it was the nastiest shit I've ever experienced in my life. And ever since then, I've never looked at females the same. Like, I'm like, in my back of my mind, like, you're all nasty. Ladies, if you're listening to this, he's not a womanizer at all. <laughs> not. No, I'm not. But I was like, after that, after that experience, I was like, I would never go in the female bay again and look yeah. in a wallet. I can't do it. So, yeah, it was, uh, what that was my examples? first cycle, too. What I, did, some... I did nine cycles. That was my okay. first. Okay. So what are some examples of things they can have and they can't have while they're in basic uh, training? Um, well, I mean, there's a whole – they can't have much of nothing. If we didn't give it to you, you can't have it pretty much. Okay. Um, your parents can send you, like, sunscreen or, like, chapstick, but it couldn't be flavored. It had to be plain flavor. Uh, they can send you cough drops, but it couldn't be flavored. Because, well, like, why, all why? of them get – yeah, just because, just because just we, don't be an have, we don't want you to have anything that's sweet, nothing that tastes good, <laughs> nothing that reminds you of home. Yeah. Uh, they could only have so many pictures up. Oh, my God, I got to tell you this other story. I just knew. <laughs> so they're allowed to have, like, pictures in the walker. They're only allowed to have five, and they can't be anything like girls in bikinis, nothing provocative, nothing. Well, we're, we're uh, since, I mean, we're cell phones at during all this. How does that work? Oh, we keep them. So they get there, they turn them in. So as soon as we get them off the so bus. It's like, they can't, they get like. Up. They don't get to text or, I mean, how's that Hell shit? No. Not, Hell not no. at night. The worst, thing like... you can do, worst thing you can do is take a little private Apollo, give him my, his cell phone, let me go check Instagram and see my girlfriend kiss another dude on Instagram. My mind is gone. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, that I, makes sense. I, that I, makes sense, yeah. I'm yeah. over this. I want to yeah. go home and try to figure out what's going on. Right. So what we do, as soon as they get there, we give them 45 seconds to call mama or somebody that loves them right. and tell them, hey, I made it. I'm safe. Goodbye. Right. And then... And then uh, we give them a, a thing that they'll mail because they, all their mail's free. They get to send free letters. They can send 30 letters if they want to a day. Right. It's all free. Um, and they send a, their address to, you know, back home or whoever. And then, like, once every, like, three or four weeks, we'll give them, like, a five-minute phone call gotcha. where they can get their cell phone and call home. And I, okay. and, but I warn them, don't go, to, don't go to your social media. Call somebody because I'm promising you, you don't want to see what's on social media. If you got a girlfriend, right. boyfriend, and that's another thing, too, I would tell them every time they go. If you got a boyfriend or girlfriend back home, raise your hand. If you've got a letter from them, raise your hand. All the hands go down. See, yep. exactly. She ain't yours no more, bro. Yep. Forget about it. Move on. Focus on what you got going on here. Because you see it happen. And anytime somebody got a Jody letter is what we call them. If you got a letter from your girlfriend saying she's breaking up with you or yep. a boyfriend breaking up with you, I said, I want to see it. I want to see it. And I would read it. And I would read it out loud. And just to give them I try to prepare them for real life. Right. Like, this shit you got going on is not going to last. Nope. I hate to break it to you. High school sweethearts, that is like a one in a million chicks. Yeah, that doesn't happen all, like, all. I, I think like, we may know like one that we went to high school with that worked out maybe. Yeah, yeah I don't even know. I don't, Danae, I don't, Danae I, and Drew. Danae and Drew. Danae and Drew. They made it. <laughs> they're, they're gold, bro. They're gold. Yeah. Uh, but no, no it's stuff like that just it's so rare. And, I, and it's not that I'm pessimistic or I'm an asshole and I'm trying to like like no, it's, real shit. it's real shit. It's real life shit. And I try to prepare for that. Like, don't ever expect somebody to stay in your life just because they tell you they're going to stay in their life. Like, you got to be prepared for anybody to switch it up on you. Yeah. They said, I was married for eight years. And then that ended it in, in a flash. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, so don't, that's what I'm saying. Go get a, go get a tattoo. Go get a, a gym membership and a, and a good haircut, bro. Like, and a, and a snapback. That's all you need. <laughs> that's all you need. I, that's all you need to find happiness in this oh, life. Oh, man. Well, what's that story? You were going to tell me a story. Oh, yeah. So, uh, on the, in the main, like, hallway that all the soldiers go through every day, 
we have the we have the command wall. So we got everybody from you know the man himself, Donald Trump, all the way down to all the drill sergeants. So all the drill sergeants have their official drill sergeant photo and our hat, like looking all mean and stuff. And the pictures are like I don't know, five, I don't know, five by seven, probably a little bit bigger than five by seven. So anyways. I'm the CQ drill sergeant, so every night a drill sergeant has to stay overnight with the privates, right? Okay. Um, so they're never alone. And uh, I'm the CQ drill sergeant, and I realized right before final formation, before we where we make them drink water before we put them to bed to make sure they stay hydrated, I realized my pitcher's missing. So I'm like, so I text all the other drill sergeants. We had like a group chat. I'm like, hey, you might see my pictures. Like somebody fucking with me. Yeah. They're like, uh oh, somebody stole the follow's photo. I'm thinking a female or somebody stole it because all the females. I don't want to sound douchey, but all the females will oogle over me. This is this jack tatted dude. Like, you know, they get all get Stockholm syndrome. I'm daddy. I guess, them, right? I guess, yeah, I get it. Uh, so I go outside the formation where all 260 of them are at. I'm like, who the fuck has my photo? I said, if you come forward now, I won't freak out on you. Who has my photo? Nobody would answer. I was like, okay, cool. So the first bay I went through was a female bay. I tore that thing apart. Couldn't find it. Went to one of the male bays. Tore that thing apart. Couldn't find it. The last bay I went to and the second to last wall locker I went to, this kid had my picture in his wall locker taped up in his wall locker. He had like a shrine to Drill Sergeant Apollo. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it was, yeah, a male. I was like, oh, man. I'm not, I'm not going to freak out. I'm the only one here, so I know if I do something crazy, like I'm going to prison. So, so you didn't call him out in front of everyone? Yeah, everybody oh, yeah, in the yeah. bay knew about it. Yeah. yeah, so I took it, I took it back. But, um, and then I let I let another drill sergeant handle it because if I handle it, it was personal to me. So well, I mean that's uh that's that's kind of ballsy, isn't it? Like I mean, right? And you knew I was coming up here. Yeah. And you didn't take it down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he, but I'm saying like his mom had like printed pictures from my Facebook and sent him pictures of me. Damn. Like it was like crazy stalker stuff. Yeah. Like the dude was uh he was crazy about me. Well. Anyway, long story short, we ended up having the guy move because it was like he had an unhealthy obsession with me. No shit. That's interesting. That was like the most awkward <laughs> shit I've ever been involved in. Yeah. Like stuff like that. Uh, uh, I mean, you I were hoping like, it was a female. You were hoping it was a female. <laughs> no, because no, hell no. Because that's a big no no there. Hell yeah, no, no. I get it. I get it. You can't do that. No, you can't do that. I found a girl's diary. She had like drew a picture of me and was like writing me love notes every day that she was keeping to herself. Like it was funny. It was weird, man. These kids, like, kids, like, kids do weird stuff, man. Yeah. Weird. I was like, I, I don't know. I don't get it. But you get, you're in situations like that. You're stressed out. You, I don't know. You look for anything you can to, I don't know. I try to justify it for him. It's just weird, man. It's just weird. I got so many weird stories. I had a kid. Oh, man. I had a kid uh, put their, so the M4s they have now are fire on semi and full auto. Yeah. So for anybody out there, our M4s are like, you know, the AR-15s that fire 223s, our spot was 556, the same measurement, just different uh, method of measurement. This is a rifle he's talking about, if you don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we go to the range. You're not allowed to shoot full auto. And we, okay. we, I'm talking, we tell them, you never shoot full auto. You never shoot full auto. You're not allowed to do it because it's extremely dangerous. And it's, if you, I mean, especially if you're giving a weapon like that to someone that, it's never not familiar with weapons. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Not, not, not all of them are country boys like us that grew up shooting shit. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, so we had this female, didn't know what she was doing. This is our second day at the range. She had a 30-round magazine in, and we're shooting at 25-meter targets. So we're shooting. So we, what we had to do is shoot three rounds, put it on safe. We go down, we check the targets, see where you're at, see where we yeah. can adjust your sights and stuff like that. First thing she does, puts that thing on full auto file, all 30 rounds of ammo. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, so then, like, she stands up, and she's like, oh, my God, oh, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I'm, like, running down the firing lane to, like, come to her. And then she points, like, turns oh, and points shit. the weapon at me. So I just close line her. Boom. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know she was going to try and shoot yeah. me. What? Yeah, you don't yeah. know where this kid's head's at. So I just close line her ass. I felt so sorry for that girl after the fact. But I was like, we preached to him, like, you, you got to be safe. You never yeah. take your weapon off the firing line. You never point it in the direction of anybody, nothing like that. And if you do, Joe Sarn's going to touch you. Yeah, just gonna touch you, but I mean it's life or death. Even in that situation, it's like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have you're not wearing any kind of bulletproof vest or anything. Well, I, I have like uh, well, I have my uh, you know my bulletproof helmet, my bulletproof vest on. But hey, oh, you do you do during that 30, too? Okay. Thirty rounds spraying price, something's gonna touch you. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, you know you're only covered just vital organs and uh, your noggin here. Yeah, I was like, you what is it? you can't mess this up now. <laughs> Oh, man.
Well, look, so to get, I mean, I, and I love it. And I'm hoping everybody's getting some out of some out of this because I mean, honestly, they're probably I, like this guy's the biggest asshole ever. No, dude. I feel like even if they are, who cares? Because here's the thing: I feel like people need to know what's up, what happens, you know, what goes down. Um, yeah. Someone may hear this that their loved ones in basic training right now. Well, a, lot people, a lot of people, a lot of people too, like, in today's society, are just very sensitive. Oh, of course. Of course. And then, well, like, we're very like, especially like us that have been in for a long time and been to war several times. We have very dark senses of humor, so it's really hard for people to accept us or to take us like, or you know, because we're just very. Well, I feel like anybody that does have an issue with anything you've said, they got to know that hey, you defended our country, uh, you you defended them, and um, you're back taking care of preparing people to do the same thing for them. You know, yeah, exactly. and um, but so moving on to you know some real life stuff. I mean, what do you think? Um, how do you think that, um, you, I guess, the Army and everything you've been going through in the past, you said how long, 13 years? Yep, 13 years. Okay. Um, that long, um, what do you think, how do you think it's molded you and shaped you as far as being a person versus what you, had you went on a different path? Basically, had um, you went on a path that people that we grew up with that may have gone, you saw yourself possibly going that way? Yeah. You know, well, pretty much in North Louisiana, you had two options. You had, you're going to weld or you're going to work the oil field. Yep. Um, you know, not many of us had grades to go to college. There was a few of us, a few like Brainiacs. I know, you know, remember Jimbo Yoakum? He's a damn lawyer now. Yeah, he is. And um, uh, there's a few people. Uh, Paul's, Paul's an attorney. Um, yeah. Kimber's an attorney. I got a story about Jimbo. I've, I've run into Kimber since we graduated, too. I ran into her in, like, Mississippi somewhere, maybe Nashville. I can't remember. But, that, uh, I mean, there's a few people, but most people, you're right, most people that um grew up with us, you know, I didn't. I went straight to the oil and, ga oil and gas industry, and then I got my yeah. – Degree on money too, yeah. later on, you know. But um, yeah, you're right. Most of us are just grunts and just went out and worked. Yeah. So I would say, um, I've got to see a lot of stuff, so I understand how the world works and how good America has it. Um, I've gotten to meet people from all different backgrounds. Uh, I, you know, have friends and from all over the world of all different colors and and, and religions and ethnic backgrounds. And you realize like how dumb a lot of the shit that goes on is. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm brash, I'm loud and I'm, I say a lot of crazy shit, but at the same time too, like, I, I don't, there's not very many people I don't like. I right. can get along with anybody. Um, but one thing that I will say about this, that they say about soldiers, especially as soldiers, everyone that joined the army around the time I did, they say we never grow up. Right. We're kids forever. <laughs> um, uh, which I agree with slightly, but yeah, but uh, you always had that mentality, and, and to be honest, I didn't know how to because I haven't spoken to you so long. I didn't know how you. I feel like you're the same dude we used to hang out with. You know what I mean? Right, I'm you still just the same mentality. So I mean, it's like you, you got that's awesome. It didn't it didn't change you from how I knew you, anyways. No, you know, I'm just not like person, yeah, I'm not some like a shell of a man like just emotional like you know. So right. you're talking about PTSD, like some people just right. come out and they're just, they're just the lights are on but nobody's home. Yeah, and it just affects no. everyone differently. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not like that at all. I'm just. I'm still me, man. I'm still the same. I'm still just slightly bigger. You know, I'm just yeah. a little bit taller, a little bit beefier. That's it. Yeah. What do you think? Um, do you think that it would have worked out? You, you know, what I mean, what you would have went down a dark path or a different path had you not done this, or do you just think you know this is something you're missing? I have no idea. Like I, I honestly try to sit and like, what would I have done with my life had I not? Yeah. And I don't know. I like I make jokes like I'd probably been trapping or something like that, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'd have probably ended up in the oil field or welding or something like that, you know, because we were all good at that. That's all we did. Shit, yeah. all day at school, half the time we didn't go to our other classes. We stayed at the shop and was just welding. Mount 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 Mount. Yeah. <laughs> Old Mount Merle. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I think. Do you do you feel like you're better because of it? I mean, I don't. I don't think I'm better than anything. I, I feel like I'm in a better position in life than I would have been had I stayed in Louisiana. Okay. Well, and yeah. that's just, I mean, and that's, that's how it is for everyone. I feel like that, um, you know, you make decisions and you look back and you say, okay, I, what made me do this? Or why you maybe don't know why you did it. Cause there's a lot of yeah. shit I did that I don't know why I did, but I feel like yeah. everything leads you to where you're at. And then, yeah. Well, that's the thing too. I just, you know what I mean? Like I just never cared enough about anything to really give it a hundred percent or anything. Right. The army forces you to do that. You but have to show up. 100%. Yeah. If you don't show up, guess where you're going. Accountability is everything. I don't exactly. give a shit what part, what part of life it is, whether it's a career, education, military, um, relationship, family, accountability. If you're accountable for everything you do, everything's on the table. You know what I mean? Yep. There's no, there's no bullshit excuses. It's all on the table. Yeah. 
exactly. That's and that's what I needed at that point in time in my life. That's what I need. Right. That shit, even still to this day, I need that. Because yeah. every once in a while, like you know, I'll get, I'll get lazy. You know, I'm like, I'm the like I'm the face of the army as a drill sergeant, but at the same time too, like man, I really don't want to go work today. But guess what? I got to because if I don't, that's the other thing I was gonna ask you. There, were there days you woke up and you're like, damn, I don't feel like messing with these kids, but shit. Oh, oh trust me, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit, more days than not. Yeah. Um, like I said, but you know, at the end of the day, look like, at the bigger picture. You're there for all of them, not just yourself. Yeah, the bigger pictures. At the end of the day, on graduation day, when you get to see them all proud in their dress uniforms, that mom and daddy with them, and they're everybody's telling you thank you for what you did for my son or for my, you know, this and the other. Or like you know, when you, when a dad comes up to you and says, "I don't know how y'all did it. I don't know how." Yeah, because did I it. I feel like whenever someone completely is molded, may they have not been, and I and I know everyone's molded when they come out of basic training. They have to be because of so much rash, hard accountability the entire time they're there. Exactly. But yeah, I like, feel like- of stress, lack of sleep. Yeah. Uh, you're constantly, like, you, you learn. You, yeah. it, we break you down completely and then rebuild you. And as soon as those parents see them, they, they can see it immediately. Exactly. And they're like, I don't know how you did it. I'm like, well, let me tell you how. They didn't have a freaking choice. That's how. They, they either did this or they don't get paid. So yeah. break them down and build them back up. Exactly. And then, you know, in like, in, you, you see, you see people that, you know, from all walks of life that join. I mean, people from other countries will join, you know, join the army just so they could become a citizen. Right. And like, you know, half the people in this country don't even appreciate shit. So, okay. no, I mean, I don't like to get on that, 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 yeah, that yeah, yeah. But I will say yeah. this um, we are in the land of opportunity, and there are a lot of people that do not appreciate what we have and what we're given. But if they were ever stripped of those values or, you know, exactly. opportunities yeah. and, you know, we're in places of some of these third world immigrants that come here. They That's what I try to tell people. What they have. That's what I try to tell people. Go, go spend nine months in West Africa. Yeah. And you'll come back to America loving every bit of it. Well, how was Africa? We didn't talk about that. In- yeah. Yes, I went for the Ebola breakout, man. It was, it was an experience though. Like it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was hot, man. It was a different kind of, you know, like Iraq was hot too. Like yeah. Iraq was, I was from, I was, I went from Alaska. So I'm going from negative 60 degree Ooh. weather across the damn ocean, across the world to Iraq where it's 140 yeah. degrees. Well, that's up. But that's, that's a dry heat. That's, you know, it's hot, but it's different. It's different than Africa heat or West Africa heat, you know, cause Africa's big as shit. Like down South Africa is like a desert. So, but, uh, that West Africa heat, that jungle heat, oof, yeah. that sucks the life out of you. That's yeah, like, like Louisiana heat, man. Yeah, that that Louisiana heat, heat times too. Yeah. yeah, Louisiana heat sucks the life out of you. Yeah, man. Well, look, dude, we're already damn near the hour. Uh, <laughs> we got to catch up some more. I can talk all yeah, night. We got to catch up some more, but I, I do want to say, um, I uh, normally get my guests some kind of gift, and I haven't seen you in forever. But I think I'm gonna shoot you something via email when we get done, and you gotta okay. let me know if you like it or not. Um, uh, but I feel I like might be, I might be in town here in about two weeks. Well, then I'll just wait and give it to you. How about that? Yeah, me, me and old Bo might come make, make uh, Grace Louisiana with our presence. Well, then I'll just hold on to it then, and, I, and I'll give it to you when you get here. we got to catch up. Do you, uh, do you still you still pick, do a little picking and grinning? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, because if you you guys, he – um so my, Michael Apollo used to make up and write songs, and he'd re-rap songs into country music and all. <laughs> you still do all that? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, from time to time, like, I, I like to play a lot of country covers. I still play, like, I play some uh, – I still play, like, some rap songs that I'll turn into, like, country songs and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, like, rewrite some songs and stuff uh, here and there. But I don't have a whole lot of time on my hands. But, yeah, I just – yeah, it's mainly for the ladies, you know, go on a date. You know, <laughs> That's what I used to always say. I was like, man, I don't, I don't know how to play that well, but I know enough to get someone's attention. Yeah, you used to play. Yeah, I say you used to, used to pick a little bit here and there with me. Yeah, man, but uh, not, not so much anymore. They just sit over there in the corner now. Yeah, just more decoration. So what? Um, I guess, man, if you had any advice for anyone, and it doesn't have to be strictly anybody who possibly may be going into the military, but just anybody at all, based on everything you've been through in life, what would be the one token phrase to give someone? Oh man. Who? There's so many. Yeah. There's so many. But uh which okay, well, okay, even better. What's one that you live by daily or one that that just hits you all the time and you can't escape it? And let it hurt and then let it go. Yeah. Let it hurt and then let it go. Okay. Do you want to elaborate on that or just leave it right there? That's everything. That's just anything, man. Like 
like so much, so much in life is about failing and then yep. uh, failing at anything, failing, failing at, you know, uh, a goal you're trying to achieve or a relationship or something like that. That stuff sucks. You can't be afraid of failure. You got, Hey, you try something, it sucks. You failed, let that shit hurt. And then let that shit go and yeah. do something else. Yeah. I completely agree, man. There's no way in hell you can get great at something. If you, if you don't suck at it at some point, Exactly. I don't care who you are. Even Michael Jordan at one point probably wasn't amazing at basketball. You know what yeah, I mean? he, didn't, he didn't wake up good. <laughs> I mean, it, you just, I mean, it, and, and I, I'm another big fan of telling everybody, I don't care who you are. You got to work your ass off. You know, even if, you know, I don't know, just even ride. when you don't want to, even when you don't want to. Yeah. The ride is the biggest part of the journey, man. Oh yeah. You know, at the exactly. end of- and like I said, it, like we talked about earlier, those experiences shape you. You're yeah. like, you're, so, you're trying to like start a business or something like that. And you're failing like multiple times when that shit finally hits and it yeah. sticks. That's going to make it all the sweet. But you know how to, yeah, you know how to strive forward. You know how to help, you know, train people that are, you know, doing the same, same just like you. You've already been through the ringer, so you know what to prepare these kids, to, you know, that they, what they need to learn. Yeah, so that, you see them fail. You see them fail. You, you, I mean, kind of force failure upon them sometimes. Yeah. You see them fail, and then when you finally see them achieve it, it's like, yep. it's like an aha moment. Oh, shit, I got this. Yeah. And it, it just increases their confidence and everything. Like that. And that. And, applies i mean i'm using the army and being a drill sergeant because it's like the best analogy i can use but that literally can apply to anybody in any type of situation all it takes is one small victory and it could change everything yeah i completely agree well look man we're gonna wrap up right here um any last words anything you want to throw no, out man, there thanks for dude like we for real got to catch up if i come down it'll be for the fourth uh to see mom and him yeah see mom and him uh i'm gonna definitely let you know we definitely gotta grab a beer for sure Sounds good. Because like I said, I could talk to you all day, man. Yeah. Hey, I know we still got a lot to talk about, but um, I know I still got to hear your story. <laughs> I still got to hear your story. I know, man. We'll get there. Well, look, everyone, please subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again, Mike, for coming on, bro. Well, thanks, man.